So today for Easter Sunday, you ready? The time is now. That's what I'm preaching on this morning. The time is now. Now you need to, I'm building up to my title, okay? Usually I start with my title and it, and it carries right from the beginning all the way to the end, but I'm going to be building up to this title. So if you're here this morning and you're wondering what this is all about, or maybe you're in first time here, maybe you've never been to church, maybe you've been questioning, hey, may, maybe I should get my life right with God, maybe I should give my life to the Lord, the time is now. So I'm going to start out with a very familiar place in Scripture, John three sixteen through 17 this morning. If you have your Bible, if not, it's up on the screen here. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through Him. How many are thankful for that this morning? How many know there's no greater love than when God sent His Son to die on the cross for you and me? But I want to I ask this question today, as we're building up to this, I, wanna, I want you to ask this question, why? I want you to think about that, why? Why did Jesus, the Son of God, come? You know, we know the biblical Sunday school answer to that. We know the good Christian answer to that. Well, to save the lost. But why did Jesus, the Son of God, come? We all know He came to bring life, and life abundantly, right? He came to seek and to save the lost. Let's read John 10.10. 10. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and destroy, but I have come that they may have life and they may have it more abundantly. So what does that tell me? My life in Jesus is not called to just be the average everyday life. My life in Jesus, I'm supposed to have it and have it more abundantly. Let's read Matthew 18, verse 11. For the Son of Man has come to save that which was lost. So why did Jesus come? He came to proclaim the good news to the poor. He came to recover sight to the blind. He came to set captives free. That's why He came, correct? He died on the cross and three days later rose again. He did all these things before He died. He helped the poor. He recovered sight to the blind. He set captives free. But I want to encourage you this morning that even after He rose from the dead, today in the world we live in, He is still bringing good news to the poor. He's still bringing sight to the blind. And He's still setting the captives free. He's a God that is still working. How many know He didn't come for the righteous? Right? He didn't come for the righteous. He came for sinners. He didn't come for the healthy, He came for the sick. Aren't you glad that Jesus came for sinners and came for the sick? Because if He didn't, we wouldn't be here today worshiping the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He came to show the love of His Father. I want to show you three ways this morning you can experience joy with Jesus. Number one is take a step toward Jesus. Right? Now this isn't a very... Uh, popular topic or scripture verse on, on Easter Sunday, but I want to go to Luke 15. 
And I'm going to summarize it first before I get into the specific scriptures that I want. But to summarize this story, Jesus told an emotional story to help people know the depth of the Father's love. Okay? The Father had two sons. Go home, read Luke 15, read the, read the whole thing. The Father had two sons, and the younger one was tired of following the rules, and he wanted to do his own thing. How many here have ever been there before, right? Maybe growing up in your parents' house, maybe this, that, and the other, you're like, man, I'm my own person. Tired of these stupid rules. Right? I want to do what I want to do. I want my life the way I want to live it. Right? Some of us have been there. And this is what this son was doing. He insulted his father beyond belief. How did he do that? Because he went up to his father and said, give me my inheritance now. Now remember what I said, the time is now, I'm building up to this, okay? He said, give me my inheritance now. And what I want you to understand that in any culture that would be rude. I want you to understand this now. We don't really uh, understand this sometimes when we read this. We say, hey, he just asked his dad for his inheritance. No, this was a rude thing to do. Give me my blessing without any relationship. It's basically what he's saying to his father. I want my blessings, but I don't want a relationship. And how many people, I'm not going to say the world, how many people sitting in the church today is saying to God, I want the blessings, but I don't want this relationship. I want all the blessings of God. I'll go to church on Sunday, God. Hey, I might even go on Wednesday night, but that's where I draw the line, but I still want the blessings of God. The blessings of God only come through an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. Every day, not a trip to church. But we live in a world today, even in the world, people that aren't even saved, they have that mentality. I want all the rewards, but I don't want to do anything to get them. But there's a lot of people in the church today just as much. I want all the rewards. I want all the blessings. But don't ask me for a relationship and don't ask me to sacrifice anything. He said, give me the blessings without the relationship. This arrogant, rebellious, entitled son was just using his father. It was rude. And in this particular culture, it was an ultimate insult. Basically, when he asked his dad for his inheritance early, basically what he was saying to his father is, hey, I wish you were dead. Put it in a little different perspective for you. I wish you were dead. The son goes off, does what many people do, right? Maybe for some of you, when you first got out from under your parents' wing, partied your brains out maybe, whatever. Lived a wild life. I'm sure you can modernize it in your own head. I don't have to go down through a list. Probably done some things he shouldn't have done. He probably was out getting drunk. He probably was out doing, hey, maybe there was, I don't know what kind of drugs were back then. Maybe he was living the life and thinking he was doing everything that he wanted to do. Maybe he was in bad relationships. Maybe he was blowing all his money. Maybe he was gambling. Who knows what he was doing? It was fun for a while until it wasn't fun anymore. I mean, no sin is only good, feels good for a season. If it didn't feel good, you did it wrong, <laughs> right? Because sin is fun, right? It is fun. It's something that we may enjoy for a time, enjoy for a season, but it's not the way a Christian should live their life. Because you're going to find that even though it, maybe it felt good at that moment or it seemed good at the time, it's actually leading you down a road of destruction. Because the devil does a lot of tricks to make things look good, feel good. 
Oh, the grass is greener on the other side, but in all reality, it wasn't greener on the other side. The worst part was he ran out of money, ran out of friends, and ran out of hope. This guy hits bottom. How in the world did I end up here? Can you just see him now after everything's gone? Sitting in a pig pen, covered in mud, whatever it looked like. How did I get here? The worst part of this wasn't the guilt. It wasn't the shame or the regret. The worst part was when, ready? When he realized that he was far from his father. Pay attention to that now. It wasn't his guilt. It wasn't his shame. It wasn't his, his worry or his regret. It was when he realized he was far from his father. How many have ever been there before in your walk with God where you did your own thing for so long and you just finally realized, man, I'm so far from my father. Some of you can relate. You're not as close to God as you once were. You didn't intentionally rebel. It wasn't deliberate. You didn't plan on walking away from God, but you drifted. Now, I can tell you this. I know a lot of people who have given their life to the Lord through 2020 and into 2021. But let me tell you this. On the flip side, I know a lot of people that have drifted from their faith. Why? Because they believe the lie of the enemy. They believe what everybody said. They, they, they believe when the enemy whispers in their ear. They stopped reading their Bible. They, they stopped talking to God. They stopped having a relationship with Him. Why? Because they focused on everything going on around them that they lost focus of who He was and who He is and who He will always be. This rebellious son hit rock bottom living with the pigs. Now there's a powerful moment in verse 17. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. He came to his senses. What is he saying? It was so much better with my father. Some of you strayed away for a long time in the past and you came back to, the, to, to your relationship with the Lord and some of you have said, Man, it was so much better with my father. Now that I'm back, it is so much better with my father. I can hear this son now. I messed up. I did so many bad things. I basically told my father that I wished he was dead. Maybe he plans out an apology, right? Dad, I've sinned. I'm a loser. I'm not worthy to be your son. Please just take me back and I can be like your hired help. You notice he wasn't asking for his father's forgiveness. He was saying, I don't have to become one of your sons again and have this awesome relationship as a father and son. Just take me back as your hired help. Why? Because he knew his father's hired help was even better off than he was right now. Let's read Luke 15 verse 20. So he got up and went to his father. Let's leave that verse up there. He got up and went towards his father. So when he got up and went towards his father, what did he do? He took a step. Why don't you pay attention to this? He took a step. How many of you here have done some things that you're ashamed of? Maybe said some things that, uh, that you can't unsay. Maybe you hurt someone or lied about someone. Or maybe you just simply lost your intimacy with the father. Maybe you feel dirty. Anybody ever been there before? Maybe you feel dirty. 
Can I tell you this morning that if it wasn't for the shed blood on the cross and if it wasn't for Him coming up out of the grave, we would all still be dirty today. But because He shed His blood on the cross and rose from the dead, no matter what the dirt I used to have in my life or what I may struggle with right now, He's a God that will make you white as snow. No matter how dirty you may think you are, He can clean you from the inside out and wash you white as snow. Maybe you feel unworthy. We're all unworthy. It's only because of Him that makes us worthy. Naturally, I'm unworthy. Naturally, I don't deserve it. Naturally, I didn't earn it. But because of the cross and what Jesus did and what He promised He would do, we are now living a new life through Christ Jesus. The journey toward healing and forgiveness and joy Starts with taking a step toward the Father. Starts with just one step. This son had no idea how much his father loved him. Every day his father's heart was breaking. Let's read, continue to read this verse. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. And he ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. Think about it. He didn't see his son running after him or walking towards him. He didn't look at his son and say, you made your bed, you're going to lie in it. He didn't say, you chose what to do and you're going to live with the consequences. When his son came to his senses and he came back towards his father, while he was still a far way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion. Let me tell you this morning, Jesus sees you and is filled with compassion. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. And kissed him. I want you to understand, in their culture, if you study this, in this culture, men never ran. It was considered improper. But the father loved his son and he couldn't wait to be near him. I mean, know that scripture, as we draw close to him, he'll draw close to us. It started with a step. His son acknowledged, came to his senses, got up, and went towards his father. Some of you need this morning, you really just need to come to your senses, and you really just need to start getting up and start walking towards your father. Because if you want to be closer to God, you got some moving you got to do on your part. And what better thing to do on Easter Sunday morning is determine in your mind, I'm going to get closer to Jesus than I've ever been before. Because of the price He paid, it's been paid in full. All I have to do is receive it into my life. What does Father say? Get a robe for my son. Bring him the ring and sandals. Kill the fattened calf. I'm no longer sad. My son isn't dead. He's alive and he's home. Now I want you to understand, every time someone comes to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, I truly believe I, that God says, look, I'm going to bless them, give them this, give them that. My child isn't dead. They are alive and well and they have come home. How do you experience joy with Jesus? Take one step toward the Father. Number two, enjoy a relationship instead of just following rules. We live in a, a world today where a lot of religions and a lot of churches and a lot of people, they have a bunch of man-made rules. 
Can I tell you this relationship with God isn't about rules. It's about a relationship and let Jesus show you what you can and cannot do. So like we said in the beginning, there were two sons. The older brother heard, heard commotion. He was angry and refused to go in to see his brother. Like I said, I'm just summarizing this. Can you hear him now? I'm the one who obeyed the rules. I'm the one who stayed. I'm the one who stayed with you, Dad. There's no party for me. Anybody ever been jealous before? This dude was jealous. I did everything right. Where was my party? The older son never left. But he drifted from his father just as much as the other son. He never left, but he still drifted. Remember, God wants a relationship, which means love and intimacy. But the older son was obedient, but he wasn't intimate. He was, he was physically present, but his heart was far from his father. Is it possible you haven't left, but you've drifted? Is it possible you're physically present today, but your heart is so far from God? Following rules, playing the game, checking the boxes, but maybe you lost your intimacy. Can I tell you this? God is sick and tired of people playing the game of church. Sick and tired of people playing the game and looking all right on the front and showing like you're all that and a bag of chips in your relationship with God. But when you leave church on Sunday, you're no longer doing what you should. You're no longer having that intimacy and you're only playing a game. God is done with games. You either need to get serious or decide what you're going to do. Choose you this day whom you will serve. Jesus didn't die on the cross and raise from the dead three days later so we can fool around with our walk with God. So we can continue to live the way we've always lived. So we can just say, well, grace covers it. Hogwash. You need to live a life of grace, but it's going to change your life for the better. Grace will give you the ability to say no and to transform your life. It's not time to play games, especially the way our world is going today. Look, you say, man, I ain't going back to that church. That preacher's hard. <laughs> Look, I'd rather be accused of being hard and preaching the truth than being this Mr. Nice Guy that sugarcoats everything and I don't care what God wants me to say. Look, Jesus is coming back soon. Pastor John, they've been saying that ever since I was a little kid. They've been saying that since I was a little kid. But you know what? Every day is closer. Let me tell you this morning. You're not promised tomorrow. You're not promised tomorrow. It's not a guarantee. Look, you're not even promised an hour from now. It's not a guarantee. Christ could come back at any moment. And if He were to come back this morning, where are you in your relationship with God? Do you even have a relationship with God? Because the only way to heaven someday and to spend eternity with Him is by a relationship with Jesus Christ. Having a relationship. There's a lot of religions that will tell you, you don't need a relationship, just follow these rules, live like a good person, and we'll see you when we get there. But let me tell you this, I don't care how good you are, how many good deeds you have, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, I won't see you when I get there. 
But if you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, we are going to be gathered someday when He comes back, rejoicing in heaven as the body of Christ, as the church. One church. Ready? One church. You're not going to get up there and it's not going to be, hey, eh, Methodist over here, Baptist over there, Catholic over here, Advent over here, Baptist over there. If you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, I don't care what church you went to, what church you grew up in, we're going to be one church magnifying the name of the Lord. One church. Proximity doesn't equal intimacy. The dad loved both his sons. Listen to this now. He loved both his sons, the rebellious one and the rule follower. Loved them both. Let's read Luke 15, 31 through 32. My son, the father said, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate to be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost, but now he's found. How many have been lost, but now you're found? Maybe you're here this morning, you don't even know, you don't even, you don't even, you don't even know in your head or your heart, do I have a relationship with Jesus Christ? If you have received Jesus into your life, and you have received the forgiveness that He poured out and shed on that cross for you, and you believe in your heart that He raised from the dead, you are saved. He was lost and is found. How do you experience joy? Take one step toward the Father. Enjoy your relationship instead of rules. And number three, my final point, tell someone about Jesus. Heaven rejoices and angels sing and God throws a party when one sinner comes to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And that's why I'm full of joy today. You might say, well, you don't look like it, you're preaching pretty hard because I am full of joy and I'm passionate about what God can do in somebody's life. Because if it wasn't for God, and if it wasn't for sending His Son, I wouldn't be where I am today. Some of you wouldn't be where you are today if this never happened. You might say, well, I've still been a good person. I've still probably been a nice guy. But you've still been on your way to hell. But God sent His Son to die on the cross, to shed His blood for you and for me. And let me tell you this, for those that don't have a relationship with Him yet, He died just as much for them. Amen. Just as much for them. Let's read 1 Peter chapter 1, <clears throat> verse 3 through 4. Praise be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In His great mercy, He has given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. Pay attention to that now. That can never perish, spoil, or fade. You probably own a bunch of stuff today. I don't know what's in your wallet. I don't know what's in your house. I don't know what you got from material things. But let me tell you this. They will spoil, they will fade, and they'll be gone at some point. But if you invest your relationship in Jesus Christ, what you receive from Jesus because of the cross and Him raising from the dead, what you receive in Him will never perish, will never spoil, and will never fade. It is eternal. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you. Jesus died so that we could live a new life. 
lot of people say all the time, well, Jesus died so we could live, but they don't really understand the fact that Jesus died so I could live a different life. A new life. What scriptures say, old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. When you give your life to Jesus, you're supposed to become new. You're supposed to become different. Anybody who tells you you can stay the same way after you give your life to the Lord, you need to stop listening to those people because it's false. When you give your life to the Lord, there must be a change and a desire to become who God wants you to be. No longer the same, but a different person. Through His blood on the cross and His resurrection, we can live a new life. You can live a new life. We have an inheritance that will never fade away. It is waiting for us in heaven. A lot of people think that an earthly inheritance will last, but it will only fade away, just like the son we just talked about. He thought he had everything. He got his inheritance. He thought, I have everything I could ever want. But what happened? It faded away. And he realized and came to his senses it was so much better with my father. His earthly inheritance faded away, but I promise you, with a relationship with Jesus Christ, it'll never fade. It'll never fade. If you receive this new birth, you need to tell somebody about it. We're not called to keep it to ourselves. Right? We're all excited. Hey, we're going to go to church on Sunday and celebrate with one another. He's alive. Great. Awesome. I'm not arguing the fact. But after Easter Sunday, you should be out there on Monday and say, Hey, I'm going to tell somebody about Jesus. Why? Because He's not dead. He's alive. He is alive. And maybe you should start living your life and have an attitude that He is alive. And stop walking around as a dead Christian because you don't serve a dead God. It'll never fade away. Tell someone about Jesus and how His love is perfect. Nothing you could ever do to make Him love you more. And ready? There's nothing you could ever do to make Him love you less. He loves you with a perfect love. And so no matter why you left, and no matter where you went, and no matter what you've done, and no matter who you've become, Jesus is inviting you to come home. He is waiting to show you His forgiveness, His mercy, His grace to you, and to love you. The journey starts with just one step. Your loving Heavenly Father has been waiting for you. Ready with open arms to receive you. 